Well, the speculation tax, as you may already be aware, is not province-wide. It's been in some regions and not others. And now it's been expanded to six more areas in BC. What can we do to deal with those vacant properties? To answer this question is the leader of the BC Liberal Party, Kevin Falcon. Welcome back to our show. Well, thanks very much for having me, Raji. It's great to have you join us so early on a Sunday, especially. Well, the provincial uh, NDP government says that this speculation tax is working. They introduced it a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and now they say it's resulted in uh, thousands of new rental units. So they are expanding it to these new areas. What do you think of their expansion plan? Well, a couple of things. First of all, um, I think we have to be careful about, uh, you know, they are purporting that it's working based on some numbers from CMHC that suggest that there's been 20,000 new rental units um, made available in yeah. the province of British Columbia. But we have to remember that a lot of those are being uh, built by the private sector. For example, when I was back in the private sector prior to running for politics again, uh, just in our company alone, we built hundreds of them. Those are not there as a result of the speculation tax. Those are new rental units that are being built. So just be a little careful about that when you hear them talk about those numbers. They're taking credit for everything happening. Um, I think it's also um, a challenge in that they're expanding it in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, for example, they're exempting uh, Tofino, Whistler, and the Gulf Islands, but they're applying it to Kelowna, Belcara, and Lake Cowichan, and Squamish. And so it's, it's, you know, it's starting to feel a lot like there's politics behind where they're making these decisions. A lot of people would ask, well, if it's applying to Squamish, uh, then why wouldn't it apply, for example, to Whistler? Okay, I don't uh, know anyone who uh, would disagree with that. I think uh, people, just regardless of which party they go for, they're wondering why Tofino, Gulf Islands, Whistler might be off the hook. What do you think is the reason? Well, you know, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I I do know that uh, it just so happens that uh, several members of the NDP government own properties on the Gulf Islands and at Whistler. I'm not suggesting that that would be the only reason, but it does, you know, this is the kind of thing when decisions like this get made, then people, of course, leap to conclusions and wonder, well, could it be because they have a, an interest in avoiding those areas? I, you know, a lot of their voters uh, come from Whistler and the um, the Gulf Islands. We know that. They consistently vote NDP. So maybe they're just saying, hey, we'll, uh, you know, exempt the areas that support us. I, you know, it's just that tax policy shouldn't be done, uh, you know, at a whim. It shouldn't be done in a way that, that is not transparent and makes people feel like they're picking and choosing. I, I just don't think it's good policy. But the final thing I'll say is this. Um, you know, the NDP, when they got elected, introduced a whole blizzard of new taxes on housing. This was just one of them. And their idea was that this was going to bring about housing affordability. And I think it's important to look that after, you know, their five years in power, they're in their second term. And, uh, you know, David Eby has been overseeing this for years now, and we have the highest housing prices in North America. That actually is the result. And I think results are what ought to matter to people, not, you know, the promises and the and, and, and the professions of how it's working so well, I think the bottom line is we have the highest rents in Canada and we've got the highest housing prices in North America. I think they might say, oh, taxes have helped. They have improved uh, housing affordability. Would you disagree with that? 100%. They haven't improved housing affordability. Housing is, like I say, the most under the NDP government, it's become the most expensive in North America. So the, the you know, the evidence uh, belies that assertion. 
But the other thing is, too, that if the vacancy tax was working so effectively, you do have to ask yourself, why does Vancouver and Victoria have the lowest vacancy rates in Canada then at 1.2% in Vancouver? You would think that, you know, if, if, if it's working so well and all these new units are coming onto the marketplace, that, you know, the vacancy rate would be increasing, not decreasing. So, you know, I just think we have to take it all with a grain of salt. But look, at the end of the day, uh, what I have said is that we have to examine all the costs that government imposes on housing. I think your listeners would find it interesting, Raji, that if you take all the provincial and local taxes that are applied, you've got the property transfer tax, the PST, you've got uh, community amenity contributions, you've got development cost charges, uh, you've got the speculation tax, the empty land tax, um, you've got public art fees. When you add all these up, that represents about 25% of the cost of every new housing unit built. And what I have said is that under a BC Liberal-led government led by Kevin Falcon, that what we would do is look at all of the costs the government imposes on housing through the lens of a first-time buyer and strip out those costs that are getting in the way of first-time buyers getting into the marketplace. Okay, so you think that all those taxes are dissuading people from producing more supply? Well, they're adding to the cost. So all that, all those costs just get passed on to consumers. What's, what's dis- dissuading on the supply, and this is a really good point you've raised, because, uh, you know, this government up until recently, only recently, as David Eby started saying that, you know, supply may be part of the problem. Well, anyone that's in the industry, like myself, or was in the industry, knew that this was the case. And, and I've been saying for well over a year that we have to make sure that local government does their bit. Because if we don't get new supply into the market, and I mean a lot of new supply, everything, lots of townhomes, condos, we need more market rent, we need more affordable rentals, we need more of everything. And if we don't get that into the marketplace quickly, um, we're, we're going to see a whole generation that's, that's going to be shot right out of the housing industry. Okay, so what would you do about the supply issue? How would you increase supply quickly? What, what I would do is I would bring in legislation that requires local governments to have to um, approve projects in a timely way so that there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's certainty around the approval process. Right now, it is not, un, not at all uncommon. In the city of Vancouver, led by NDP Mayor Kennedy Stewart, it will often take five, six years just to get a straightforward uh, building permit for a single tower in the city of Vancouver. Uh, you know, it is unacceptable in this day and age that it takes longer to get one project, um, you know, with a, to get a building permit in the city of Vancouver than it took for us to win a world war against Nazi Germany. It just makes absolutely no sense. And so we have to have a situation where, uh, you know, the local governments are not constraining supply because what happens is, well, they're constraining supply. We're getting 100,000 people a year moving into uh, British Columbia. The vast majority of them are staying in the lower mainland. And that in addition to domestic demand, is driving up the price of housing. You couple that with a government that thinks that adding more cost to housing makes it more affordable, which it doesn't, and you've got a perfect storm. So you were pointing out some of the flaws of the speculation tax. Do you think it's not working at all then? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I I, I think it's probably achieving some purpose, uh, but I do not uh, accept their number that it's, you know, 20,000. They're trying to take credit for every single new rental unit that's been produced in the province of British Columbia. Most of them have nothing to do with the speculation tax, Uh, you know, so... But I, I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what we need is, um, you know, a housing minister and a government that understands how the markets work. That's really important because supply demand is a critical, fundamental economics 101 principle. 
and they've been focusing on the demand side and until very, very recently have only acknowledged that, gee, maybe supply has something to do with it. Look, I just think, you know, Raj, I should tell you back up a bit. You know, I, I spent a, a decade uh, in in you know the capital markets and, and the business of housing uh, development, and you know this government also promised to build 114,000 affordable homes within 10 years. So we're almost uh, well, we're halfway to their target. They've built exactly six percent of those homes. That's 7,200, and 2,000 of them were started under the BC Liberals. If you were premier, so would you be able to get those houses made? And not in that time frame because it's unrealistic and I wouldn't have government try to do it. Government doesn't know how to build houses. I mean, this is the silly thing. I mean, uh, David Eby's talking about having government build middle, what did he call it, middle class affordable housing. And I just laughed. I mean, it's ridiculous. You've got uh, BC Housing. He just had to fire the entire board of BC Housing that they appointed, by the way, as a result of an Ernst & Young report, uh, which is an auditing firm in Vancouver, that came out pointing out that they've got all kinds of problems there. Uh, you've got hundreds of millions of dollars being spent without proper criteria. You've got a, a properties being bought without any paper trail. You've got conflicts of interest abound. Um, you know, and this is the the same group that thinks the government ought to be building a, a bunch of our middle class housing. I mean, it's laughable. What we have to do is we have to incentivize and penalize. I call it carrots and sticks the local governments and the private sector to build exactly what we need and make sure we get it done in a timely way so that we can create a situation coupled with smart government policies that encourage, you know, uh, and help folks get into housing um, to break the back of this challenge that we're facing. Okay, Kevin Falcon, that's about all the time we have for that interview, but thank you so much for your perspective this morning. You bet. Thanks for having me, Raji.